Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Uh, we are sitting here recording this on a Sunday night for the Monday DraftKings slates. Yes, that is slates, plural, of college basketball. We're going to be talking about the early slate that starts at uh, noon. We're going to be talking about the late slate that starts at 6 p.m. as well. So if you're here for either college basketball slate, we got you covered. Uh, just check the timestamp if you are here for a specific one. Um, you know, obviously the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday gives me a day off of school, which allows me to stay up late and record this. Just watched... Uh, um, the Bengals finish off the Ravens, and um, obviously the Martin Luther King holiday is giving us college basketball here uh, in the daytime. So um, got a two-game slate to attack, uh, should be two pretty good ones, and then the night slate that is featuring a lot of mid-majors, a lot of Conference USA guys, which as somebody who graduated from UNC Charlotte, it's a lot of teams that, you know, uh, fairly familiar with throughout um, my days of watching Conference USA basketball. So uh, hopefully I've got a little bit of insight for you guys, can help you guys win some money on this DraftKings slate. Make sure that you guys are rate and subscribe to the podcast feed. Um, we got a lot of content coming your way, guys. NFL playoffs are going on. Uh, PGA Tour Golf is back in the swing of things. We will have a preview for the American Express tournament coming your way Tuesday morning. Uh, and then the rest of the week is going to be kind of a mystery as to what's going to time out when. If it's a really good college basketball slate, I'll do an episode that morning. Um, or, you know, there's going to be an NFL episode at some point. So um, pretty much on the day where college basketball is not the best slate will be the day that we, you know, tackle the NFL for the week. So um, that's what our schedule for the week is going to look like. If you want my full DFS picks for college basketball, NFL, golf, and more. Head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. And make sure you start following me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm dropping some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to here during the show. And I'm more than happy to answer any lineup or start sit questions. All right, so let's go ahead and without further ado, let's dive into the early Monday slate, the noon slate. Um, but first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. <laughs> So let's start by breaking down the early slates. We do have two games coming our way for the early slate. Georgetown at Villanova is starting at noon, and then we've got Purdue at Michigan State coming up later. Um, you know, I guess kind of standalone games. They're going to be the only games that are on national television at this time. Um, they're not the prettiest matchups, like going to be the most aesthetically pleasing basketball in the world, but it is Power 5 competitive basketball with a lot of good players out on the floor. So let's go ahead and start breaking down the Georgetown-Villanova game. So Villanova is 14.5 point favorites, and the total in this game is projected to be 144. Uh, Villanova is actually a better offensive team according to Ken Palm than you would expect, and Georgetown's a pretty bad defensive team according to Ken Palm. Villanova is implied 79 points in this game. Which makes sense because the last time they played at Georgetown, Villanova won 73 to 57. So you give Villanova a little bit of a home court bump. Uh, Georgetown's got some health issues. Brandon Murray for Georgetown did not play last game. Uh, he's likely to miss this one, I would say. And then Jay Heath is for certainly out for this game also. He also missed the first game against Villanova, so that's nothing new. For Villanova on their side, Jordan Longino will miss this game. And one of the starters from last season, their Final Four team, Justin Moore, keep hearing rumblings about him potentially playing. Uh, the Marquette line last week actually moved big time as the game got closer because Vegas expected him to play. Um, and then turns out he just didn't play. Um, so... Basically, if you start to see something with this line moving or, you know, if you see something with a beat writer on Twitter or something like that, Justin Moore might actually play in this game. I don't know how intrigued I would be to play him, but I would definitely pivot off of some of the other Villanova guys kind of in that mid-range and, and low-range for Villanova if he were to play. I think he would take away from um, kind of the mid-tier to low-tier players as opposed to the stars. 
Now, for the Purdue-Michigan State game, Purdue is four-and-a-half-point favorites. The total in that game is 133.5. Purdue is implied 69 points, and Malik Hall of Michigan State is very likely to miss this game. So, in this one, basically, this is going to be the slower-tempo game. However, it's going to be the closer game. So, you can expect usage to kind of lump up among the starters a little bit heavier in this one, but it's not going to be as fast of a tempo as the Georgetown-Villanova game. So let's kind of just start by breaking down this slate. I'm just going to talk about some players and some, um, you know, some lineup building just kind of randomly in this one. I'm going to kind of um, kind of go all over the place, but I think I'll get you all the information that you need to know. So the big question of this slate is, do you want to pay up for Purdue big man? And I mean big man, Zach Eady. So he's been one of the best bigs in college basketball this season, but Michigan State has not been a good matchup for bigs as of late. Stephen Crowell of Wisconsin only had 19 points and three rebounds. Hunter Dickinson of Michigan had 18 points and seven rebounds. Nate Leshesky early in December for Notre Dame, nine points and eight rebounds. So fairly tough to bigs lately. And these are three pretty quality bigs that I just mentioned. However, in November, the bigs feasted on Michigan State. Uh, Drew Timmy, 22 and 13. Oscar Shibway, 22 and 18. So those two guys put up major stat lines in those two games. Now, another thing that those two games did was they featured, Michigan State did, Michigan State played a lot of Maddie Sissoko in those games to try to go bigger and to try to match up with the size of Shibway and Timmy. So Sissoko got a lot of minutes, and he had two pretty good performances in those two games. Joey Hauser also had himself a great game against Kentucky. So what you're looking at is, Michigan State defending bigs, it's very hot and cold how they defend them. But what is predictable is the fact that they're going to play Sissoko and Hauser a lot of minutes and they're going to get a lot of usage out of those two guys. So, you know, I could kind of see the argument either way for Edie. But the problem is with the way the rest of the slate breaks out, you're probably boxing yourself out of a lot of the other 7 to 8K guys, specifically the Villanova guys. So I don't know if. I, I might make, if I'm being honest, I'm probably going to make one lineup with Edie and one lineup without Edie and see just which one I'd like and how to go from there. Um, but I don't think that this is the game to stack. And I think the potential for a big game is there, but he, you really box yourself out of a lot of other good plays that are in the more higher scoring game. So let's talk about some of those plays. Caleb Daniels of Villanova had 42.5 fantasy points against Georgetown in their first matchup. He's their best player, super high floor, no problem deploying Caleb Daniels. Eric Dixon only had 21 fantasy points against Georgetown the first time, but 33 fantasy points is a mark that he has hit five times this year, so he does give you a little bit of upside, especially in an up-tempo game. Now let's talk about two Michigan State guys. Joey Hauser and A.J. Hogard both have a lot of rebounding upside if there's going to be no Malik Hall in this game. Some of those rebounds that Malik Hall is usually bringing down got to go to somebody else, and it could go to two guys that are sitting right there in the 7K range, Joey Hauser and A.J. Hogard. Now on the Purdue side of things, neither Fletcher Lawyer nor Braden Smith have scored below 24 fantasy points in their last two games. So that's four games total between the two of them you know, two real games, two games apiece. None of them have been below 24 fantasy points. Now, the common thread in those two games, Purdue got to 70 points in both of those games. They are implied for 69 in this one. So if they get to that 70 number again, I think that both Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith give you potential to hit value and give in good performances. Now, I think they would be really interesting leverage play if you are fading Zach Eady. Um, you know, because if Zach Eady is not stealing all the points, those two guys are going to be your two main scorers. That's Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith. So if you're making a lineup without Eady, I can definitely get behind playing both of those guys. Now on the Georgetown side of things, 
I will probably be fading Primo Spears and Caduce Wahab. Spears is only great when Georgetown gets to 70 points. Given that they only got to 57 last time they played Villanova at home and they had Brandon Murray in that game, I don't see Georgetown getting to 70 and Spears giving us a good line. Caduce Wahab really only is good in close games and I don't think this is going to be a close game. So um, just kind of fading those two guys. The guy for Georgetown that I do like is Acock. Acock, he had 29 fantasy points last time against Villanova. Georgetown also has two value plays that I'm fairly interested in. Bryson Mazzoni and Jordan Riley have been the beneficiary of the Brandon Murray and Jay Heath minutes. And I think that Mazzoni and Riley make up two of the better value plays on this slate. I think that they will be on the floor because they're usually backups anyway. They'll be on the floor whether Georgetown is in this game or getting blown out. And I think both of them have an easy chance to pay off five times their value. For Villanova, the big three of Daniels, Dixon, and Whitmore kind of capped the upside of a lot of the other guys that they play. Even with the Longino injury, it's just kind of not really giving fantasy points to anybody else. Uh, Chris Archidiacono is getting a lot of minutes in place of Jordan Longino, but I'm going to start calling him the cardio king because he pretty much just runs up and down the floor for 30 minutes and doesn't really get a whole lot of points or rebounds or assists or steals. But hey, he's out there on the floor. Plays good defense, plays hard, but he doesn't do a whole lot statistically to help you in fantasy basketball. So nothing against him as a real player, but in fantasy DFS, like just I'm not interested in a guy who's going to play 30 minutes and just not really score me a whole lot of points. For low-priced guards, I don't mind either of the two Big Ten guys, Jordan Aikens from Michigan State or Ethan Morton of Purdue. Both of them have shown legitimate upside. Um, one guy that I'm definitely interested in his value play, though, is, I mentioned him earlier, is Matty Sissoko of Michigan State. He's going to be playing a lot of minutes to match up with Zach Eady. If he can stay out of foul trouble, he is due for a big game. Now, my punt play for the slate is Carson Cooper of Michigan State. He came in when Malik Hall got hurt last game, and he played 12 minutes, and he had 13 fantasy points. And look, if, you know, if he's going to get the Malik Hall minutes, you know, what if Sissoko gets in foul trouble? then Cooper might be playing a little more. So, uh, you know, at 3K, he's definitely a guy that if you're playing Zach Eady, then I think he's a logical pairing because if you're playing Zach Eady and Eady has a lot of success, Sissoko might be in foul trouble. You know, Hauser might not be doing well either. So those two guys would not be on the floor. Carson Cooper would be on the floor. So I think that's a little, you know, nice little correlation play that you can make there. Like I said, I think I'm probably going to play one lineup with Edie, one lineup without Edie, and just see which one I like more, um, you know, and kind of tinker with it if I want to do a few more lineups from there. But I definitely think that the move, if you're going to game stack, is to game stack the Villanova-Georgetown game. Start your lineup off with Caleb Daniels and go from there. Um, and I think there's plenty of options with those value plays that I mentioned from Georgetown and Michigan State that you can fill out your lineups pretty easily. All right, so that does it for the early slate. So let me take a quick breather, and then we're going to break down the night slate. All right, so now let's start tackling this night slate. So we do have a six-game slate here on DraftKings. It is predominantly the Conference USA slate, y'all, which is um, definitely going to be interesting. We got four games featuring Conference USA opponents, which, you know, it's it's going to be different from most of the slates that you play where it's power conference guys and you know all of them. Um, you know, we've got some different styles of basketball here in Conference USA, so it's going to be a fun slate. Definitely some games that you want to stack. I'm going to mention those. But first, let's start by breaking down the guard position. So, 
Let's start with the high-priced guards. Davion McKnight of Western Kentucky, to me, lacks the upside to be the price tag that he is out. Um, he does carry an incredible floor, and Western Kentucky in this game, even though they are not favorites to beat Florida Atlantic, they are implied 69 points. So I think that he's definitely an option, but if you're looking for a guy to win you a GPP, I just don't think that Davion McKnight is that guy. Um, I'd rather pay down you know, to some of these other options. So going further down the board, Isaiah Wong of Miami. Gets an interesting matchup because, um, you know, he's going up against Syracuse's zone defense. And shooters can have really good nights against Syracuse's zone defense or not really good nights against Syracuse's zone defense. So um, I think that Wong could go either way. Like he could be in line for a big performance or he could also not be. I don't know exactly know what to make of this one. Um, he didn't exactly play super duper well last season when Miami played Syracuse. Um, and he has, when you look at his game logs this year and last year, he had his best games when Miami got into the 80s and 90s. And I think that that Syracuse zone is going to do their best to slow down Miami and prevent them from getting to those high offensive numbers. So I would be more inclined to not play Isaiah Wong. However, if you're interested in a game stack and there are options for that in this game with a lot of the values on the Syracuse side, I do think he's an option that you could get to. But I'm I'm just not interested. I'd rather go a little further down the board. Terrence Shannon Jr. is my favorite high-priced guard because of his upside. So we mentioned this here on the podcast last week, but Sky Clark of Illinois has left the program, which left a little bit of a void in terms of minutes and usage at the guard position for the Illini. So they've now played three games without Sky Clark in the lineup. And so you're kind of starting to see some patterns with these Illinois guys and you know, some of them are seeing a lot of increased production. I'm going to mention a few more of them, but Terrence Shannon Jr. is one of the main beneficiaries because he's getting a lot of more ball screen action. He's getting used in the offense a lot more, and I think that this is a really good spot against Minnesota in this game. He's now played three games without Sky Clark in the lineup, and in those three games, 42, 55, and 27 fantasy points. I expect these two or this game to be more like the first two than the last one, and so I definitely think Terrence Shannon Jr. is one of is he in fact is my favorite high-priced guard on this slate. Now, the last guard in the AK range that I do want to talk about is Quincy Olivari of Rice. He is a great option in a game stack for this game. Um, Rice has implied 79 points in this game, and the game total is projected to be 152. So he's an incredible option in a game stack. I think he gives you a lot of upside, and I think that that 152-point total is one that we need to try to take advantage of. Now, in the 7K range, we've got John Gerard and Judah Mintz of Syracuse, and they're getting a tempo up opportunity against Miami. Miami plays at a much faster tempo than Syracuse, which we've talked about, you know, opportunities like this here on the podcast before. But tempo up, in my opinion, is when you've got a slow team who is playing a faster tempo team that is going to shoot the ball quick and, you know, quicken and increase the number of possessions in the game, which will then help out the slower tempo team, even if they don't play any faster, they're going to get more possessions. So I think that this is a solid opportunity for Gerard and Mintz. Um, I think that the Miami team is not a great defensive team on the perimeter. We saw that in the NC State game last week. So I think that this is a solid opportunity to deploy both of them. I would like if they were cheaper, but I think that in terms of, you know, the theory behind a tempo up game. They're a, definitely a solid option. Now, speaking of tempo, 
Florida International is one of the fastest teams in the country, and North Texas is one of the very slowest teams in the country. So this actually puts a lot of these North Texas mean green guys in good spots to play because they're going to be playing in a higher scoring environment than they're used to. And Florida International is going to be in one of the worst spots that you could play in because now that you know they're used to these high scoring, high flying games, and they're going to be in a rock fight against North Texas because all games are rock fights against North Texas. So of the North Texas guys, I think this is a really good spot for Tyler Perry. He's definitely shown the up side that when North Texas gets into some higher scoring games, he can definitely score with the best of them and he gives you a lot of production. Now another Rice Owl, Travis Evie. Um, I think he's an option in or out of a game stack. He has legit 40 fantasy point upside and he's only $7,100. And then Matthew Mayer of Illinois, in my opinion, is a great cash game option at 7K flat. In the three games without Sky Clark, he has scored 27, 25, and 39 fantasy points. And we would take any of that at 7K flat in a cash game. In the 6K range, I'm going to call this the range of game stacks. So basically, the guys in this range, if you're not stacking a game, I really don't um, see a whole lot of intrigue in playing them. Um, I think the UAB is a very interesting one. Um, you know, the game total in the UAB Middle Tennessee State game is 146. Blah. Let me rephrase. The game total in the UAB Middle Tennessee State game is 146.5, which is pretty solid. UAB is one of the faster teams in the country. That's not shocking. UAB is missing Jelly Walker though. And so I think that um, they're kind of getting knocked in terms of the spread and the total because of Jelly Walker missing. And so I think that Eric Gaines gives you a lot of upside. I think he's going to have a ton of usage. Um, and I think that he is one of the guys you want in your lineup. If we get confirmation that Jelly Walker sits, like I said, based off of the point spread and the, you know, the fact that he didn't play last game, I, I, Everything leads me to believe that Jelly Walker is not playing, and so that would lead to big production from Eric Gaines if he does sit. Now, on the other side of the Middle Tennessee State guys, I would prefer Eli Lawrence to any of the other guys. And like I said, the rest of this 6K range, it's all in the game stack that you want to go with, and I think the UAB Middle Tennessee State game has the most options that are in this range. Now, going on down to the 5K range, Cameron Sheffield of Rice is a super interesting piece because he gets dual eligibility. You can play him at guard or forward. He also has a high ceiling. He has, he has two games this season over 30 fantasy points. However, his last two games have both been under 15 fantasy points. So um, he's definitely a boom or bust option. You know, we've talked about this Rice game has a super high tempo, super high point total. So I think he's a guy you can definitely go with. And if you're playing for upside, he's a guy that you're going to want in your lineup. Now, Jaden Epps of Illinois is another one, like I've been mentioning, who has benefited in the absence of Sky Clark. He's been over 20 fantasy points in all three games without Sky Clark. I see no reason for that not to continue uh, Monday night. Now, going on down to the 4K range, there were really not a whole lot of options that I liked in this 4K range. Ruben Jones of North Texas has legitimate five times upside in this tempo up game for the North Texas Mean Green. So he's a guy that I think might be worth, worth looking at. But I'd rather go down to the 3K range. There's a lot of near punt plays that I think are very intriguing. The first one is Torres Samuels of Minnesota. He's been over 30 minutes and 16 fantasy points in each of his last two games. Um, Texas San Antonio, Isaiah Ado Ankra quite frankly, is a misprice. He's at $3,800 on DraftKings. He should be in at least 4500 I would say. Uh, and I think he's going to be very popular, but for good reason. I, I see no reason that he can't hit five or six times value in this game. Ty Rogers of Illinois is also an interesting punt play. Um, 
you know, he hasn't been consistent, but in the games without Sky Clark, he did have one game of 18 fantasy points, which if you get that out of a guy at his price tag, you'd be absolutely ecstatic. And then this is a real name. I'm not joking. Tony Tony of UAB had 15 minutes and 17 fantasy points in UAB's last game without Jelly Walker. So I think he makes for an interesting punt play as well. Again, make sure you get confirmation that Jelly Walker is sitting uh, before you go play Tony Tony, which might be my new favorite name in college basketball. All right, so let's go ahead and take a quick breather, and then we're going to break down the four position for this six-game slate. So at the four position, there is one name at the top that stands above the rest, and that is Jesse Edwards of Syracuse. He is one of my favorite plays on this slate. Biggs have eaten up against Miami this season. Well, really, DJ Burns of NC State has eaten up against Miami this season. Miami plays a really small ball lineup with Norchad Omier at the five. And so what you end up with is bigger bigs tend to play really well against Miami because they've got a size advantage. And Miami's kind of content to sit there and let you pound it into the big inside uh, as opposed to, you know, kicking it out for open threes. So I think Jesse Edwards actually really plays well into this logic. You know, he's a seven-footer. Uh, this is a tempo up game for Syracuse, and I think Miami is going to struggle defending him. So uh, definitely big fan of Jesse Edwards in this six-game slate. Now, speaking of Miami, the second option on the board is Norchad Omir of Miami. And I think that the same could be said on the other side for Syracuse. You know, they run that 2-3 zone, which lends itself to a lot of offensive rebounds. It lends itself to very skilled bigs operating from the high post or from the short corner. And I think that Norchad Omir could be that guy for Miami. Um, and we've seen bigs that are, you know, athletic play well against Syracuse. You know, we had we saw it with Justin Mutz last week from Virginia Tech. But I don't think Omir has as much five times value upside as Edwards. Like it would not shock me, you know, Monday night if Edwards had 50 fantasy points. Omir, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for him to get to a big number like it is going to be for Edwards. So I would prefer to play Edwards over Omir just slightly. Max Fiedler of Rice is worth a look as Bigs and Conference USA have torn up Texas San Antonio. Uh, Abu Usman of North Texas had a big game against him. Ali Khalifa of Charlotte had a big game against him. Um, so I think that that's something that you can exploit if you know that information. And so I think that Max Fiedler of Rice, again, worth a look as a big going up against uh, Texas San Antonio. Now, for Minnesota, Darson... Ugh. Dawson Garcia. That's a harder name to say than I expected. Dawson Garcia has over 45 fantasy points in his last two games, and I see no reason for that train to stop rolling against Illinois. And at a salary that's $8,000 flat, that is almost six times his salary. Um, Dawson Garcia just seen a huge usage bump in the Big Ten. He's playing almost every minute. He's been outstanding. I see no reason not to go back to him. Even though he is getting a price bump, that does not scare me away from playing him. Now in the 7K range, one guy that I like above all others is DeAndre Dishman of Middle Tennessee State. He has a lot of upside. He's had multiple big-time performances this season. But when you look at his game log, when you look at, in fact, a lot of Middle Tennessee State players' game logs, 70 is the magic number. Uh, when they get to 70, Dishman has a really solid performance, and they are implied 72 points for this game. So I think that DeAndre Dishman, if you can squeeze him into your lineup or if you are game stacking this Middle Tennessee State game, I think that he is definitely a guy that you can look at. Now in the 6K range, I like both UAB guys, KJ Buffin and Trey Jemison. 
I like them both individually, and I actually like them both as a stack. Um, because UAB plays at such a high tempo, they have shown the ability to hit value together. Both had five times value against UTEP earlier in Conference USA play this season. And I just think that that's a solid option. Like if you get two guys that you can get, you know, a total of 60 fancy points out of in these two guys, I think that that's a solid, solid play, right? Now in a vacuum, just playing one of them, I would probably prefer Jemison. I think he has a little more upside, but um, I definitely think that both of them are viable options in or out of a game stack. One of them or both of them, I think they're both solid options. Now, at the bottom of the 6K range, there are two big fellas that I think are worth mentioning, and I do mean big fellas. Abu Usman of North Texas feels like a misprice to me. The last time that North Texas was on DraftKings, he had 7,900 points, and he has a 60 fancy point game earlier this season. It was against Texas San Antonio, the one I mentioned earlier, and... I don't know. I just kind of feel like he should be more than than he is, and this is a tempo up game for North Texas. I think this is a really good spot to play Usman. Now, Vladislav Golden of FAU is a seven-footer, and he continues to average over one fantasy point per minute. If we ever get a game where he plays 30 minutes, he's going to have like 40 fantasy points. He's very effective in the time that he's on the floor, but he doesn't stay on the floor for very long. And in Conference USA, he is a matchup problem, y'all. Don't discount the fact that not every team in these mid-major conferences has a seven-footer that they can just bring in off the bench to guard him. Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> so um, I definitely think that he's going to use his size to his advantage, and I think he has a solid upside there for the Owls in this game on Monday night. Now, in the 5K range, a guy I really like is Malik Brown of Syracuse. He moved into the starting lineup three games ago, and he's been over 29 minutes and 24 fantasy points in each of the last three games. At his salary, we will live with that any day of the week. It's a tempo up game against Miami. Smash spot for Malik Brown of Syracuse. Now, in the 4K range, um, Tyrone Marshall of Western Kentucky uh, has seen a recent little uptick in his minutes and his production. Uh, he's been over 20 minutes in four straight games, and in that stretch, he scored 9, 16, 18, and 21 fantasy points. So in other words, he's getting better each game. So if he continues to get better, he's definitely going to give you good value here at his salary in the 4K range. And then Chris Bell of Syracuse, um, you know, looking way down the board, he had a random start against Notre Dame last week, and he put up 23 fantasy points. So if that continues, and he's going to do that every time that he starts, I definitely think that he's worth a look, right? So that does it for all of the players that I'm interested in playing here on this Monday night slate. Uh, like I said, I definitely think that this is a slate where you can game stack your way or team stack your way into a lineup that is really correlated and looking to be really successful. You know, that Rice-Texas-San Antonio game just looks really intriguing from a game stacking standpoint. The, the, you know, the total is 152. There's a lot of options on the Rice side that I really like, and I think that you can bring it back with some cheap and expensive Texas-San Antonio guys that, you know, could fit the void as well. And then the UAB Middle Tennessee State game intrigues me also. You know, the total's only, I, I put only in quotation marks, 146.5. Uh, and I think that's partly because they're not expecting Jelly Walker to play. But what that means is that's going to open up a usage void for a lot of those UAB guys. This game is going to be played at a high tempo. Uh, and so I think that actually both teams are going to be in spots where you can play a lot of guys from those rosters. So those are the two games that I would kind of be targeting. And then, like I said, that Syracuse-Miami game, that's kind of a wild card. You know, zone team in Syracuse getting a team that plays up-tempo like Miami, you just don't exactly know what to expect. So I definitely think that it's interesting. Um, you know, there's a lot of options for that game you can play. I don't know how many of them I will play, but that, that game is definitely the wild card there on this Monday night slate. All right, y'all. So that does it for the DraftKings Monday preview, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Monday, January 16th. We talked about the early slate. 
and with the night slate, hopefully gave you guys a lot of information that you can use, a lot of players that you can get in or out of your lineups for today or tonight. If you want to see how I built my lineups and uh, take a look at my full DFS picks, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Um, and make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Drop in some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to here on the show. And I'm more than happy to answer any lineup or start sit questions. And lastly, uh, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps me out a lot. Uh, we got a lot of content coming your way. We're in a great time for sports right now with the NFL playoffs going on, college basketball, golf, NBA, all of that. So just make sure you rate and subscribe to the podcast um, so that way you are updated for all content that we drop. Um, other than that, best of luck to all you guys in your DFS endeavors. Um, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time.